don't think I would have discovered who I was if I didn't start this company. I used to always walk around saying, I want to be this boss ass bitch taking care of business. And I think that this company gave me that confidence. That's Alexandra Lawson. And this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host, Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast, where I invite my favorite humans, the awesome, the up to something, and the extraordinary to come and share their story. I hope that you'll be left entertained, inspired, and moved to take action towards living your most powerful life. Alex is a badass entrepreneur. She co-founded Krillex, a creative agency that specializes in branded content with her husband, Chris, eight years ago. They have offices in Toronto, where they started, and now LA too, with teams across North America. On this episode, Alex shares her journey from Poland to Canada to LA. She talks about what it's like being part of a creative power couple, how taking risks and being curious is everything that matters, and how she discovered her own power and confidence in the middle of it all. Well, welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course. I was connected to you through the amazing and magical Chris Ray. Yeah. Um, Who has a huge part in our lives. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's um, introduce yourself and tell everybody what you're up to. So my name is Alexandra Lassen. I own a creative agency with my husband. We specialize in brand and content. It's called Krillix. Um, so what we do at Krillix is we're able to take all kinds of all, all of your content needs under one umbrella. So we're able to do photo, video. We've just um, announced that we're able to do copy content. We also come in as production support because we have such a lar- large roster of photographers, videographers, editors, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jordan, you want to get on that <laughs> roster? Um, and uh, so we always say we're like your marketing department's secret weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I like because I'm a big fan of anything espionage related, so that automatically gets me. But as a business owner, when I hear that I can outsource everything as a bundle, yeah, that makes me really happy. When we first started, we, we always just coined ourselves as a video production company mm-hmm. and started realizing that we were actually hurting ourselves by doing that. And then we were limiting to the resources that we had. So it was really mm-hmm. cool that now we're able to do this. And because we're so obsessed with content and we're mm-hmm. surrounded by all these creatives, we were like, why won't we just have people write blogs for our clients? We can make that an offer. And right now, a lot of companies for some reason, are just not hiring marketing departments Mm -hmm. at first, but it's so important. What are you if you don't have a marketing department? So that's where we kind of sneak our way in a little bit until they get settled. No, 100%. I mean, it's um, with Powerful Ladies being in year one still of our second phase Mm -hmm. of what we are, having, finding the right fit for marketing and our sales story has been the hardest thing. Yeah. And Granted, part of it is my fault because our budget is like small to zero. And how do you make that all happen? But we have so many amazing stories. And when people ask me, what are we up to? And I list it all out. They're mm-hmm. like, holy shit. Like, why don't I know this? I'm like, well, you don't know this because I don't have a marketing team right now. Yeah. And it's so frustrating. And it like I know right now that our growth is being um, – it's being stopped because – I'm not putting enough effort into 
marketing. Yeah, because you're doing everything. I'm doing everything. I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the new business owners that we work with, we see that too. So, you know, and Chris and I coming from such a small family-run business, we absolutely get that. So we always try to do a little bit more above and beyond for our clients because we know what you're going through. (laughs) We get it. We were there eight years ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, that's how it kind of becomes more of a family. All of our clients become fast friends yeah, because of the amount of like respect and family support we give from our end. So I get that. Yes. And I love that you mentioned that your clients become friends quickly. All of them do. Yeah. Yeah. I love executive coaching. Mm-hmm. I told you I'm all about it. Yes. Um, we both, Chris and I have coaches from the same agency um, and they kind of work together to attack us from both ends, and I love it. Um, but it w- it's been one of the most uncomfortable mm-hmm. and challenging things I've ever had to do in my career as the CEO. But I think um, because of it, it's tripled our business in eight months. Yeah. You know, it's crazy what coaching can do. It's I don't know why everyone doesn't have one. Right. Like, you don't even need to know what you're up to yet to mm-hmm. get a coach. Yeah. And that's, I honestly, I have a few people that don't know what they want to do. They just know they want something else. Yeah. And so that's super fun. Mm-hmm. Like, cause then you're doing all the, all the inside deep work, like helping people figure out who they are. Yeah. Um, I'm working on an ebook right now. Maybe it'll become a course. You are so cool. <laughs> yeah. An ebook? I heard writing books is the hardest thing and you just keep throwing hard stuff on your plate. uh, Well, part of it is because I have to for the trademark, but I'm trying to do it all at once. Right. Um, And like an ebook doesn't need to be big. Like, technically, an ebook can. Don't downgrade it, coach. Just saying. It can be like a five page (laughs) thing. This is me breaking it down so I can not have a meltdown and get it done. Yeah. But. Um, what I'm working on is called how to figure out what you want to do with your life. Yeah. Because it is the number one question that people are asking me. How do I know? I'm yeah. like, ooh, that's good. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Do you deal with people who already know what they want to do, but... Yes, sometimes. They need help to be better? Yeah. Like, I deal with people in life, business, or money. Mm-hmm. So um, I have some clients that have a business and they want to take it to the next level, hire the first employee, uh, hire, like stop, do less work and make more money, right? Everybody. Mm-hmm. And I have some people who are just like, I need to get my shit together. Like, <laughs> let's take this on. I'm like, okay. Who doesn't? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. God, hiring employees is so, such a whole other planet. Yeah. It's insane. Yes. It can be, and it can be like the most powerful, liberating thing. Right. We're going through that phase right now too, where we have, like a list of over a hundred freelancers that we work with worldwide. Mm-hmm. And now I'm having to let go of this controlling issue that I have that has clearly shown in my coaching mm-hmm. sessions. And um, I, it's so hard to have somebody else walk in and understand mine and Chris's dynamic. Cause sometimes we don't even have to speak to each other and For we sure. know where we're, we know exactly what needs to be done mm-hmm. um, and delegating work. And I'm starting to notice that on my sets too. I'm able to step back and be like, okay, I don't need to be frustrated about this just because it's not done this way. It's mm-hmm. okay. I didn't give the instructions properly here. And, yeah, you know, it's sort of letting go of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the whole factor of, you know, beating ourselves up. It's been eight years. We've had 
maybe three full-time employees that kind of had rotated through that weren't um, weren't successful for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, knowing that it's not always going to be that situation. You weren't yeah. ready then. You're going to, you're ready now. You have all your ducks in order. And even if you don't, you can figure it out. Like yes. sort of working on that right now. <laughs> I love it. Um, I just came back from Berlin where Powerful Ladies partnered with WebFest Berlin. Oh, you're so cool. And, <laughs> and uh, it came up in every panel and every workshop, you know, I, how you have directors and screenwriters and producers and they're like, how do I give up control? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's not just me? It's not just you. Oh, great. It was, it, I could not believe how it came up over and over and over again. Yeah. And so finally we just stopped and started talking about it. And for me, like, I was like, if you guys want my advice, it comes down to like your why. How do you get like people hire you or people want to work for you because they want to they want to work for you, mm-hmm. not the thing that you're making necessarily. Right. So how do you sell them on you? How do you sell them on your why? If people can get your why and what you really care about, it doesn't matter what you're making. But I want to get back to you because <laughs> you're the guest. The, so how did you guys meet? How did you start this business? Like where does it where does it begin for you? We both went to college, um, mm-hmm. media arts at Sheridan College back home in Canada. Mm-hmm. And um, we ended up being um, or we ended up being in the same section of the program. And then mm-hmm. with that section, you kind of travel to all your classes together the first semester. Yeah. And out of all classes in the world, Chris ended up, Chris and I ended up in audio class. And um, he, yeah, he just walked in and I remember looking at him being like, I knowing that there's something really special about him and mm-hmm. one of those moments where you're like, God, I love this guy without even knowing. Mm-hmm. It was it was the most weirdest interaction, but I ignored it for a little bit and uh, we became fast friends. We ended up working on a production together and at that time when we were working on that production, I just, I just knew like I have to be with this guy and so... Um, we made it happen, mm-hmm. and we had to keep it a bit of a secret from everybody. We couldn't tell um, our program because our professors told us that the first day when we had, like, you know, all 80 of us from the program in one uh, room, we were told that, you know, don't date, don't sleep around with anybody in the program because um, it's bad news. It never works out. You're, it's going to fail. Like, it just starts drama. Every You know, we mm-hmm. don't need that here. We're here to focus on careers, all that stuff. So we didn't tell anybody, but then it eventually started getting more clear that Chris and I had something special going on on the side. And, um, you know, it, we had this two really first projects that we worked on together. One of them was a Bolex film. We had to record, I, I don't even remember what, but between Chris's shooting and my understanding of lighting and exposure, because I I came from traditional uh, photography, black and white photography, mm-hmm. our film was the best exposed, the best shot. Like, and everyone was like, who are these guys? <laughs> and then another one was we had this silly assignment of someone having to go through like the college entrance doors. Like you had to tell a story from waking mm-hmm. up to going through the doors. And Chris and I both thought, let's do an orange and just have this orange rolling into class yeah. and all that. It was ridiculous, but it did very, very well. So since we met, we were put in a position of partnership right away. Mm-hmm. And then um, we ended up, you know, and it was great because I've been in relationships that didn't understand what I do or what I want to do. And it's been very difficult. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a relationship with somebody who understands 
creativity and understands, you know, the film industry. And at the time, we were both very driven to go into the union and mm-hmm. work on film sets. And we were both um, wanting to be in the camera department. So we both really, really understood. And um, it wasn't until we started actually working in the real world that Chris and I were like, why is this the way it is? We can make it so much easier. He was working yeah. for a commercial agency. I was working for a TV station at the time. I uh, started doing like TV series. And um, we were both so, so miserable. And he's like, we should just start our own thing. And I was like, okay, well, if you want to start our own thing, I'm totally down, but it's got to be legit. I don't want to mm-hmm. just have a Facebook page up. Like we have to have a plan. We have to have it figured out. And, um, yeah, next week we were at the lawyers setting up our company. Yeah, you know, and then having to, like, seriously talk about how I'm in debt. And Mm -hmm. I can't fully jump on this until that. And Mm -hmm. showing him my bank statements and him showing me his. And Mm -hmm. what's this going to look like? Well, we're both camera people. That's not going to work out. And it was kind of very clear that Chris has an eye Mm -hmm. for the camera creative stuff things that I couldn't do, but I could support and understand, which was great. Mm-hmm. And a couple months before grad, a couple months actually after um, graduating, I went to Europe with my documentary professor who only barely made me pass through the program. <laughs> all of a sudden hands me a flight ticket to go to Poland with him on this huge production and coordinate it all for him because I come from Poland. I, I'm fluent in language, so I had to like set everything up for them and just be their boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I came back falling in love with this production world, and that's how I ended up in the TV um, world. And, yeah, so when by the time Chris said that, I already sort of knew we, I was going to most likely run the business. And then, yeah, first day when I officially put in my very last check from that terrible company I worked for, mm-hmm. uh, $650 went into this, like, tiny little ink incorporation company called Krillix. And we were like, all right, $650. We need to buy a website. <laughs> you know, like, so it was, it was good. It was just, um, it, I remember sitting in his parents' basement and thinking to myself, God, I can't wait until we have a nice office. Like, I was worrying about the dumbest stuff mm-hmm. and um, not thinking, you know, we got to push this thing forward. Mm-hmm. But we ended up in a year getting one of the biggest corporate clients we could have in Canada, 114 videos, French and English, in six weeks of development, actually shooting and post-production and delivery. How did that happen? How did you land that client? So Canadian Tire, which is like an equivalent of um, Walmart and a uh, another tire company out here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like you can buy sheets, but you can also buy tires in the same yeah. store. It's, it's very confusing, but it works. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, they had their internal team, and they loved me and wanted me to work for them. And I showed up at the meeting that they were going to like offer me the job. And I was like, instead of giving me the job, what if you hired my company? And that way, it just like totally turned their minds. While they were building their marketing department, they had me running all of their, you know, outside productions like Mm -hmm. I ended up having to produce a sort of like a shark tank version of a show for them in Vegas for like auto parts and then um, you know we were in like launching new stores working with Olympic athletes like it was just Mm -hmm. insane for like the first year and then 
they developed this whole new other department that had their catalog that you would get mailed to you all the time actually on their website. And what they wanted to do was have this main video, which was like a thought starter. Mm -hmm. Throughout the video, there would be these little plus buttons that you could click anytime a product was mentioned. You go to that product video, explains the product, how do you use it, what recipes, here's some advice, here's a story about a person who uses this product. It was just this like line of lines of lines and it was it was incredible what it like and that's where Chris and I were like damn branded content is amazing like you can just keep breaking into it and I remember no one really understanding everyone thought you know you went to film school you should be in the union and what happened to that and we were just like no guys this is like really serious this is big yeah and yeah it took about two years before people realized there's so much power in any short form content today. Yeah. And I mean, short form's excessive because that can be up to 20 minutes. And Mm -hmm. who, like, we have a big debate on this podcast about how long my episodes are. And I'm like, listen, I can't make people talk less. And I want, if I want to know the questions and we want to keep going, like, we're going to make it long. Yeah. Because guess what? The fastest growing podcast segment is long form podcasting. Yeah. So deal with it, Jordan. But, Sorry, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> I talk a lot, so you're going to be editing four hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like it's there's so much power in visual storytelling yeah. and small, uh, digestible amounts that mm-hmm. keep you click, clicking through. Like you might end up spending four hours on a random website because of one minute videos. Yeah. Um, Chris and I are now trying to push more of like the three, five second content onto our clients because it's. Because now with the Instagram not showing you things in the right order anymore, you have to come up with ways to stick out. And that was kind of our way. And Chris is so, he sees that stuff like nobody else does. Mm -hmm. Like he's able to look at a product and be like, oh, I know how people are going to be obsessed with this. And on top of that, people are sitting there watching it loop because they're like, how did they do that? Mm -hmm. You know? And it just like, it blows. And we've seen that so many times it's been working for our clients that we're so excited to be pushing that out now too. So a lot of people who see something that doesn't work and they're frustrated with their day jobs, their next thought is not, we need to do this ourselves. It's my thought. Yeah. It's your thought. Like, how did, did anyone think you guys were insane besides not going to the union? But were people like, what are you doing? Why are you even bothering starting a business? Like, just make films. Yeah, I think everybody thought it was a joke. (laughs) And then, um, my I mean, my dad, who's like super supportive European father like he was just like oh yeah my daughter has a business little does he know we're not doing anything Mm -hmm. um we're just like stressing all day but he was just very I think he's finally um he's not someone who will tell me what to do so he's like oh she finally figured it out you know (laughs) but everybody else because I was like oh I want to be a teacher oh I want to be a photographer I want to get into journalism like in in high school I was just like changing my mind every two months Mm -hmm. And now he, when I told him we're going to start our company and that I was starting out with Chris, he was like, there she goes. There's the real Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I think our friends thought it was cute. Yeah. I think everyone we went to school with thought um, it's a joke. Um, our teachers didn't really take it seriously because we weren't, because everybody who did try to start a business, like they tried to make m- movie production companies mm-hmm. and we came off as a production company, but we were filming like corporate videos and 
all the stuff that was showing up on Facebook and YouTube. And we kept going into meetings and pushing people, telling them, don't spend your money on TV ads, spend it on Facebook ads, like really push this here. And they Mm -hmm. just wouldn't. I mean, this was eight years ago. Like Instagram wasn't even around yet. Like, you know, it didn't come into our, I think once Instagram came in, our business fully like flourished. People got it. Yeah. But when it was just Facebook and YouTube, it was really hard to get everyone to sort of see that idea. Um, but yeah, I think my mom was worried because, you know, I got offered this beautiful job with a great paycheck on this huge Canadian company, um, Mm -hmm. with benefits and everything. And my mom's very traditional. So she was like, I think you should take it at least for a year or two and figure out what you really want, pay off debt, all this stuff. And, um, I remember just like battling it so hard that I was Mm -hmm. like, no, this is, I gotta do this. And my dad says, you have till September. So it it was August when I got offered the job and he goes, you have September till next year to make this work. If you don't, I'm going to start charging you rent. And it was his way of being like, get out of here, kid. Yeah. And it ha- so we ended up doing that. And then it worked. It was working. And I think he forgot about having to pay rent because we weren't <laughs> making very good money. But it was like, I think he forgot. And he just saw that I wasn't just goofing around. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was like, we got engaged the next uh, next September. We bought a house in November and things just started like really going there. And yeah. then- Two years later, it started all, like, falling apart. Yeah. What happened? We just, um, we weren't thinking forward. We were constantly only facing and, like, focus, sorry, focusing on today. Yeah. And never focusing on, well, what's next? You're getting sucked into the weeds. Yeah. What Mm -hmm. happens if Canadian Tire builds an entire marketing team and doesn't need us anymore? Mm -hmm. What happens if they start hiring their own internal shooters and editors because they realize how expensive we are Mm -hmm. that, you know, they don't need us anymore? Yeah. And we, it just wasn't, we just, we didn't go to school for business. Yeah. We went to school to be creatives and had a totally different path. And Mm -hmm. there was no way in hell I was going to go back to school to learn how to do this. I didn't have the time at the time to read books about businesses and everything. Mm -hmm. So that's the time in my life when I really should have gotten a coach. Yeah. But didn't till, you know, we moved to LA until we, you know, three years into LA where I was like at an event and- learned about what a coach was and hired her on the spot. Like it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. very, very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you guys obviously made it through. Yeah, those the, were dark times. The two-year blip. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Did you have to scale back your team? Was it you guys? Were you eating, the you know, ramen? Like how did you make it through before There's, you came back up? My dad told me a story one time that it was the hardest thing for him to do when he had to ask someone in the family for money to help support because we were going through a rough patch as a family. Mm -hmm. And having to be in that position was the most, we, first of all, we like overdid it. We, you know, purchased a home that was totally out of budget. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we just, we were kids. We were, we weren't thinking. Um, we were spending money in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. There was no one we could talk to that kind of did what we did. Or if there was, we were too embarrassed to talk or ask questions. Um, because people were expecting us to fail. That's put us in a bit of a corner, too. Mm-hmm. Our marriage started suffering, too, because we were working from our house. Like, we never had an office at that point. We mm-hmm. were constantly. So it was like rolling out of bed, going into this room next door, working, and then just like rolling out of it and going back into bed. Like, it was mm-hmm. no... You know, we weren't going into meetings. Like, it was just, it was depressing. Yeah. And it wasn't until, um, so Chris called this consultant, and she goes, well, what's the goal? 
And he's like, um, I don't know, it'd be really cool to get like an office in Toronto. And she goes, that's not a goal. What's the goal? And Chris, like, I remember I was like about to run out the door and he's, he's sitting there being like, I don't know, it'd be kind of cool to be in LA, you know? And I thought to myself, hmm, okay, we're going to move to LA. I was like, I just, you know? Yeah. And, um, so we ended up working with her and she taught us about, um, what we need to do as far as marketing and reaching out to the contacts that you already have, all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, how to reach out to new potential clients and helped us build like a marketing plan for that year. And we ended up blowing up to the point where when Chris said, okay, well, how do we talk about going to LA now? It was just like the smooth line of it made sense. Yes. This is the right year to do it. Um, and also in the Canadian market, we were hitting a ceiling. We mm-hmm. had all the big clients the first year of business. So Which we're, is insane. Y- yeah, it was. And so it's like, where are we gonna, where are we gonna go from there? And mm-hmm. um, we thought if we want to continue doing what we love and we want to um, continue being together as a couple, because mm-hmm. it got to a point where you know we were considering maybe not staying together anymore. Mm-hmm. Because I believe that if you're happy in your job, you're a good person in your marriage to your kids and. That was not existent there for mm-hmm. any of us. And even if it meant getting full-time jobs or anything, it just wasn't it wasn't working. So um, it made sense. And we decided, you know what, we're going to take the risk. The Canadian company is functioning on its own out there, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, with like the corporate clients we'll get, we'll be able to do like one production or two productions a year. And the company's like afloat and really comfortable. And we just ran out, you know, this way and... Barely had anything, barely knew anyone, sold the house, got, you know, rid of one of the cars and just went for it. So I hear a theme of not being afraid to just do it. My coach said that the best time that you feel the most, sorry, the time you feel the most happiest is when you make, when you take a risk. I know I do. Yeah. Everybody does. It's, um, there's that, there's something in the free fall. Yeah. And I think they call it free fall because there's freedom in it. Yeah. There's that moment once you step off and you haven't touched ground yet. Yeah. There's that moment where you realize there's space, space to to be, to mess up, to look around. And it's, you know, we think of free fall as a bad word. Yeah. And I don't know why. Like, we think it's a bad word because if you really imagine – literally jumping off of a cliff and how much your perspective changes and how much wider you suddenly can see. Yeah. Like all of that sounds good to me. Yeah. And then I purposely didn't said touching the ground, not hitting the ground because you don't have to, there doesn't have to be a splat. Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't have <laughs> to be right. what happens. Yeah. Um, I always struggle relating to people that um, never take the risk. Like I really talk about this all the time. (laughs) God, there must be this like common theme between people on this part of the planet. Yeah. I I just, in this, in this room, on this podcast. And, um, I don't get it. Like I don't get people who don't want to travel or don't want to try or like, to me, it's a curiosity factor. Yeah, curiosity will get the best of me. Mm-hmm. I feel like, but I also feel like curiosity is the reason why I am where I am today. For curiosity sure. Curiosity is the reason for my success. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't know, can you imagine living any other way? 
No. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, you know, it, th- this is also like the the biggest conversation that Chris and I will have too because people close to us are in this like routine life and they're fine with it. And mm-hmm. we're like, but you could do so much more. But then at the same time, we have to come from a perspective of understanding that what we do is also really hard. And we've now been doing it for so long that we're a punching bag. We're able to, yeah. we've been through the low two years. We know what that feels like. We can handle it. We know we can come back to that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we won't. That's yeah. the thing is now, now we know how to avoid those flags. Yep. Um, but I could see why a lot of people would have quit by now. Mm-hmm. There's there's a level of, um, I always think that when you, everyone thinks you're a little bit insane, you're probably doing the right thing. Yeah. And there has to be a, a little bit of throwing logic out the window yeah. and, and going based on heart or instinct or intuition or just being open to seeing what happens in discovery. Because mm-hmm. if, if we do things based on logic, you stay. Yeah. Like you become a librarian and you stay there and you save your pennies and yeah. you don't leave. And logic says to keep things small because mm-hmm. you're safer when you're small. Yeah. But. That just doesn't sound like fun. Nope. Not at all. We always say, well, what if our kid's not, like, what if we have a child? <laughs> a kid. <laughs> Number one. Uh, yeah. What if we have um, a child and that child doesn't want to be this type of ambitious and, you know, start their own company and move to another country. Um, we're always like, well, even if our child wanted to be a janitor, we know that they're going to be the best janitor in that, in that space, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I've heard that before saying like, if you're a garbage man or a garbage mm-hmm. woman, be the best one in that section. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that's where I come from. That's the side, that's the kind of angle I'm trying to come from too. my friends who are doing the nine to fives. I believe I, I'm really trying to believe that they're the best in that space, mm-hmm. you know, because I can't do what they do. That yep. means they're the best in their space. Yeah. That's a way to turn it around a little bit. No, but, and, and I think too, like whether you're in corporate, the corporate world or you're not, or mm-hmm. you're a mix, like I've always jumped in and out or run parallel right. and, you know, side hustles and everything else just because I'm chasing whatever sounds fun and interesting yeah. and like adding t- to what's next. Were you... Yeah. um? Were you unhappy in your corporate jobs and that's why you did this switch? No, it was never that I was unhappy. It was, um, I've always just been curious about something else. So, I mean, I've had small businesses since I've been like nine. It's just like always been something that I'm like, oh, well, what if we tried that? Or I can do that or let's make that. Um, So if anything, it was being in roles that weren't big enough for me where I was bored. Like if I was fully consumed and exhausted, and some of my jobs were, mm-hmm. especially when you were, tra- like there was one point at Puma I was traveling internationally every week. Yeah. Which is that's a lot. You're just exhausted. Mm-hmm. At that point, I had nothing else happening. Mm-hmm. There were still dreams and lists being made, but um, that was just physical exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the other times it's just been like, I'm, a, I'm not full. Yeah. And why not? There's yeah. more hours in the day. Right. <laughs> um, so what made you guys want to come to L.A.? Just the... I think the whole idea of coming to the U.S., especially as a Canadian business, is like the next thing you, you do. Mm-hmm. Most Canadian businesses end up going south of the border. Um, but it... I think if we had to choose, a, it always was between L.A. and New York. Mm-hmm. Reality is 
we had more clients in LA. We had more connections and more relationships already built in LA. Mm -hmm. Not that we didn't try in New York. It's just a very different market. And um, when we ended up coming down, I think it was our first time to LA, we met Chris Ray. We tricked him into doing a video with us. And we connected with him. We tricked him. Yeah, we tricked him. (laughs) We had this like silly idea. Yeah. I'm not even going to call it because if people find it online, they're going to be like, you guys are crazy. Um, Where we essentially just interviewed people and told their stories. Yeah. And um, Chris Ray, you know, my Chris being in the skateboarding world, me kind of just like floating into it as a supportive girlfriend or wife. um, I fell into it as well, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know Chris Ray until the day we met him. And we started interviewing him, and then the next day, he at the end of it, he was like, this is really cool. You guys are really great. Like, what are you doing tomorrow? We're doing a shoot. Um, do you guys want to come out and help me and this guy named Martin? And I was like, sure. Um, we had we had planned to do, like, other meetings and other events. So that night, I'm, like, scrambling to schedule things away so that yeah. we show up on that set. And we do, and, you know, we meet Mike Blayback, like, yeah. mm-hmm. the photographer of skateboarding. And and a super nice guy. Yeah, and then we're in yeah. this situation where we're, like, helping them shoot, and then we're also shooting BTS for our video with Chris Ray. Like, it just kind of all fell into place. And talk about things meaning to happen. Mm-hmm. And we uh, ended up staying in touch, and... He just, like, every time we met with him, he would just be like, you guys should come down here. You guys should come down here. And I'm like, it's so easy for an American to say, hey, come down. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Legally, I can't. I When we went through, when we decided to do it, it was eight months of the, gov- the U.S. government ripping us apart paperwork-wise. Like, having to look back five years, having to explain why our logo is the way it is. What does acrylics mean? What's our five-year plan? What's our five-year forecast? Like, it was ripping us apart. Mm-hmm. What are you going to promise us when you come here? Because in five years, we're checking. Like, it's this whole, like, it's overwhelming for kids. On top of that, having to know that you're going to pack your life up and from this, like, four-level side split home right. to wherever you're going to live. Mm-hmm. And you know, the friend that Martin, uh, that Chris Ray connected us with, Martin, he was kind enough to put a roof over our heads our first month here. So I was living with what are now my best friends yeah. under one roof when I was going through the toughest part of my young adult life For with sure. my husband. Here we are married, living with, you know, um, three, four other people in this one little house mm-hmm. um, and... In a it, new country, in a new city. Yeah, not knowing anything. And yeah. I I honestly feel like I won the jackpot there. Mm-hmm. I got my best friends. We got to go through this experience together. Yeah. Um, I, I feel sorry for the people that have to come to L.A. on their own and really don't know anybody and don't have someone to put a roof that over their me. heads. Yeah, mm-hmm. see? <laughs> but, like, I got so lucky. And then, yeah, we started, as soon as we got here, Canadian clients were like, wait, you're in L.A.? That's so sick. We have a production in LA. Do you mind taking care of it? And then it was like, we were kind of hoping for a month of break to like figure it out and get emotionally there. Because every time we went to the store and I couldn't find the milk I bought, I would like break down crying. Like oh, it was like, yep. you know, it's just, you're not used to your your systems and mm-hmm. your stores. And I was like, what is Trader Joe's? And, yeah. you know, now I'm like, you don't know what Trader Joe's is? Like <laughs> it's, it's, it was just, it was like, what a time. Like I can't even... Yes. I'm, you have to do it to know what it feels like because yes. I, there's no words to express what those three months of my life were like. No, I, um, 
I moved here from Germany. And before that, I was in Boston. So I'm not from there originally. But the first six months, I didn't realize I had a headache until <sighs> one day I'm like, my head doesn't hurt. I didn't even know it hurt. Yeah. This is weird. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so funny. I, I really, I think what ca- the movie that captures the experience the best is Under the Tuscan Sun. Yeah. Because every day, even like you get so embarrassed that you're having meltdowns about the dumbest things. Yeah. Like I remember going to Ikea in Germany and they don't have credit cards. They don't have any financing unless it's like a car or house. Yeah. And so moving there at 26 and I sold all my stuff. It took me nine months to be able to like afford or finally want to buy a couch. Yeah. And then I'm in Ikea losing my shit about like what color to choose. I called my friend Tom and I'm like, gray or white? He's like, what? Gray or white? Uh, gray? Thank you, bye. And just hung up. Oh. He's like, what the hell did I just choose? I'm like, I couldn't pick the couch color. Like, I can't make one more decision by myself. You make, and you make an excuse to just focus on the silliest things. Yes. Or, or you just feel so overwhelmed. You're like, the silliest thing is like the only thing that I can actually yeah. choose. Yeah. No, I totally get it. Like there's... Chris has this photo next to his um, his side of the bed, which is a Polaroid of um, our first month. We didn't have a bed frame. We were living like yep. just sleeping on a mattress that when Chris came, he got his visa before I did. So he came a week ahead to just set up a little bit of a life. And... Um, there's this like there are C stands that we brought with us mm-hmm. are holding up all these like DC shoes clothing products and their shoes and then next to that is just a bunch of penny skateboards because we just got a contract with penny skateboards yeah and we're like sleeping next to this mm-hmm. because we had a co working space office that was smaller than even that space that we couldn't have all that stuff in because yeah. it was just glass walls everywhere and. Uh, it's like a reminder of that, again, low point that we're like, we're never coming back here. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you, you realize how capable you are, like, yeah, we think that we need so much uh, literal stuff. You don't. And space. And I don't know, we, we, we feel like uh, a comfortable life is this way. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be. And, and honestly, like the most creative stuff, some of the best times, mm-hmm. it's when everything looks like a hot mess and you're like, fuck it. Like, what are we going to do today? Yeah, I'm really good at hot messes. <laughs> yeah, I love it. No, I yeah. honestly, I feel like I thrive in hot messes. Mm-hmm. Every job I think I've ever gotten, they've been like, this is a shit show. You want it? I'm like, yep. sure. Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy because I used to beat myself up about um, we were the first one from our group back home to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one to buy a house, prop most likely one of the last to have a kid. And we come here and no one's married. And some of them have kids and are married, but they're older. And it's like, we never have this like, right. And I thought, you know, my mom, my poor mom just always wanted me to go to school, find a job, get married, have children, like buy a house, have children. Mm-hmm. Um and all that. And I just ended up kind of mixing it up and mm-hmm. taking pieces out and putting fresher pieces in and just, and I'm, although I keep her on her toes, I'm definitely a lot happier. Yeah. And I don't, I don't beat myself up about it anymore. Like mm-hmm. I used to. And I think it's because you have to go through these tough times and be like, it's okay. Like I'm still happier with this hot mess than having to think about doing something that one of my other friends does. Yeah. You know, that thing that we were talking about before, it's like, well, you're good at that, but I could never. No, you know, and it's like, um, yeah, just the space to follow the life that you want or to make the life you want. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm, 
I'm a little bit nervous about where social media and the cultural conversation is about people being the same and like wanting the same stuff. And yeah, even like people are like 90s grunge fashion when they was like all coming back in. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that the 90s approach would also come back of celebrating everyone being different and it being cool to be like a little weird and creative and not to look the same as everyone else and not to follow the same path. And it's interesting to me to see those two, like half of the world yeah, here and not the other half. Like, I think it's slowly starting to change with a lot of the, like people in their, you know, 16 to 22 really becoming activists. Yeah. Um, but I miss that. What are you doing to be creative space? Yeah. And even in entrepreneurship where that's normally where it thrives, it's still very cookie cutter. Yeah. Um, like I just talked about this in the workshop we did in Berlin of either you need to be on Shark Tank or you need to be a already successful 1 million followers influencer or you need to go to Y Combinator. And like those are three fake newses about entrepreneurship. Yeah. And it's mad. I'm mad that that's what people think you have to do. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's people like you guys that have a thriving small business that most people haven't heard of. Yeah. And you're killing it. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, that's why I made this, so yeah. we can talk about you guys. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why it's weird when people are like, hey, we want to talk about you. We're like, why? Because <laughs> We're cool. not on Forbes yet. <laughs> We're not on Inc. yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got so mad when I turned 30, and I was like, shit, I can't be on a 30 under 30 list. Oh, yeah. Like, I was so mad. And I'm like, it's Chris, fine. Chris got the Canadian version of 30 under 30. Yeah. And I was like, that's fine. I'll get the American one. But I'm turning 30 in like four months. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. But um, also understanding that that's just not my reality right now. Yeah. And, and I'm okay with that. It's also a list. Yeah. Like you're on the Powerful Ladies list. So thank you. I prefer welcome. this list much, much mm-hmm. better. Yeah. This is a great list. Yeah. <laughs> When you look around and see who else has been here, like, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. But you know what I, I like to look at, too, is that that Forbes list, those those could be potential friendships that I built through work, too. Yes. You know? hmm So, yeah. It's coming. It's coming. It's definitely coming. Chris and I keep saying that um, it's, it's crazy to think of where we came from to where we are today. Well, and, even your story more, right? Because you have a story before Canada. Yeah. Yeah, I came I came to Canada in 95 with uh, my mom, my dad, and my brother. And um, my mom had to buy pots and pans from Goodwill. And I remember her cooking soup on a frying pan, not in a thing, because mm-hmm. not in a pot, because I, I don't know why that happened, but... She lifted it and the bottom got stuck and it went everywhere. And I remember laughing as she just like screamed and started crying. And I didn't understand what my parents were going through until Chris and I did that here in LA. Mm-hmm. It makes me so sad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I always say to my parents, I'm like, how were you able to do that with two freaking kids? Yeah. And Chris and I have FaceTime and internet, you know, like all that. I was like, we're freaking cheating. So we can't complain. Yeah. And my dad said to me, you have no choice. It has to work. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I've been approaching every every situation since we got here is we have yeah. no choice. This has to work. Mm-hmm. And then Chris has this new line where it's, 
they're saying no now, they'll say yes later. A hundred percent. You know, so it's like, yeah. But um, yeah, coming to, coming to Canada was quite quite an interesting path. I think it made me the human I am today. Mm-hmm. I'm super grateful for it. And um, I think I made my parents proud by taking that, taking advantage of that and coming to the U.S. Yeah, you're like all-star immigrant story. Yeah. Like, look, I know what work. immigration's about. <laughs> <laughs> Twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's, um, and you hear the immigration story a lot in Canada. So it, it's not very, ta- very much talked about here in the U.S. or maybe because people usually from here are somewhere from the other states. But yeah, Canada is just a collage of immigrants. Mm-hmm. So everybody has an immigrant story one way or another. Well, technically the U.S. is too. Yeah. And the only immigrant story that we feel the need to talk about right now is illegal immigration. Yeah. And it's beyond frustrating. Yeah. Like, why do we have amnesia about what our country actually is? Yeah, one of the biggest conversations we're having now is if we were to start a family, mm-hmm. how we would have to do it on our own. But we already run our own business together. Like, add another... And another thing on top of that, it's crazy and lonely. Although we do have great friends and family here, but it's yeah. different when you can just be like, hey, mom, oh, yeah, take this for now. Yeah. <laughs> we moved my whole life growing up. Yeah. So there was never that for my parents. Mm-hmm. So I think it just never crosses my mind that there's help. Yeah. Um, like people talk about, like, you can't have kids and travel. And I'm like, what? Why not? Yeah, no, you just throw them in a throw them in a backpack. You're good. Yeah, I think that, but that's the that's the mentality thing too. Because Chris and I are saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were like, well, what happens if we have to go to Connecticut? We have a job there. You bring them. Yeah, take the kid. Yeah. <laughs> I know someone in Connecticut who can give me a couple hours of watching, you know. My sister lives there. She has two yeah. kids. Just drop Thanks. them off. <laughs> Let's call your sister. <laughs> no, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Still no kids. So. Yeah. No, it's like what, you know, I had a dog. Yeah. I still have a dog. He's almost 16. I got him in grad school. Yeah. He moved to Germany with me. I worked full time. I was mostly single that whole, like, yeah. like, how do you have a dog and travel and work this much? I'm like, like you said, you have to make it work. Yeah. You figure it out. Yeah. Was it expensive? Yes, it was. Yeah. Was it worth it? Yes. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. 16 he's still years here. of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like everything, whatever you want your life to look like, you can make it work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me get resituated because there's so many golden nuggets. You've got, you've moved to LA. You have a double immigrant story. You... <laughs> Have a business with your husband that's thriving. And I think if people are listening right now, or the people who are listening right now, they just want to know, like, how, what are you doing that you think is different that's making this all work versus everyone else out there that their businesses aren't working? I can only speak in my space. Yeah. Um, but we keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keeping it. Why com- why make content into this whole – it lives online for a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. But I'm not I'm – just because I'm saying simple, I'm not saying cheap. Yeah. But um, it lives online for such a short amount of time. And your audience is constantly changing. The way people use these platforms are constantly changing. Um, the fact that Chris and I are able to adapt. Um, I also think – 
one of our strong our strengths is definitely that we approach acrylics like a product brand. So we when we work with clients like Gymshark, we understand why they're focusing on this one item so much mm-hmm. because we f- we do this same thing with acrylics. We we approach the business plan. We approach everything is approached. And I think that's what makes us different. Is most companies, creative agencies, act as this one service, mm-hmm. whereas we're acting as this product. Product, yeah. It makes complete sense to me. Does it? Because sometimes people are like, what are you talking about? No, well, I come from <laughs> making products. Like, right, uh, right. Like a world where that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And and wouldn't it be nice to have a vendor who understands that? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, um, agency is such a sensitive word right yes. now. And I'm almost like scared to say that we're this creative agency. But to me, an agency is just like a hub that's able to offer more than one thing. Like, I'm yeah. this one-stop one shop kind of idea, you know, everything you creative need under group. one umbrella. Creative group, yeah. But then I have a friend telling me, you know, everyone who was in an agency is quitting and saying that agencies suck and they're starting their own companies and co- saying, like, because agency world is terrible. And I'm just like, maybe I should stop saying we're a creative agency. But, yeah, I, I'm in that. So that's something that I'm definitely trying to, like, figure out right now, too. Like, yep. I say we're a creative agency because I feel like that's the language people understand. But right now, it seems like the word agency is a negative word. I feel the same way about consultant. Like, Mm. everyone hates spending money on consultants because they don't do anything. They don't add value. Right. And, like, I've I've said this and experienced it myself, too. So I'm like, I'm the anti-consultant. Yeah. And people are like, what? I'm like... What do you, I'm just going to help you with your problems. What do you want to fix? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do I break this yeah. down? So I get it. You're like, how can we tell you we can do everything for you and elevate you and make you look amazing? Mm-hmm. Like what words make sense that you get that? Yeah, sometimes I'll sit there in meetings and just say, we're like a creative agency without your agency fees. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, all right, we're listening. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. What type of clients do you guys, do you specialize? Are you really broad? Um, we are able, we definitely are really, our strength is in lifestyle brands. So, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's like a shoe product, clothing product, we do really well there. Um, but that being said, we also have food clients that Mm -hmm. we're like kicking butt in. Um, and something that Chris and I are always open about is we have this network of freelancers. So if it's maybe a product that we aren't exploring the right way we can get somebody else in but then also isn't it interesting that we haven't had that type of client like we we mm-hmm. might be working for a company that does towels and um w- you know we are the right team to do that because we don't come from this traditional agency that does this and one of our skincare clients said this before too um when they called us and said you know we want to hire you we were like why we don't know anything about skincare. Like, we, we, we can do this. We can figure this out. But why? Mm-hmm. And the president of that company said, that's exactly why. Because you're not going to put us in a, t- a template. Yes. And you're going to approach it from a totally different perspective. Mm-hmm. It's funny because since we got to L.A., I feel like the way Chris sees palm trees is not like everybody else here. Because, he can't, he can't you know, we didn't grow up with palm trees. Like, it's yeah. that whole different perspective. And our company is able to approach that. Mm-hmm. All that client, all that type of clientele, very well. But we definitely do very well in clothing and shoes. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we're working. So we're working with Gymshark. Um, we've done work with Under Armour. We uh, are working with Hippies, which is a chickpea puff. Um, we're working on their new campaign for next year. Um, we, 
I always lose. Oh, we just wrapped Santa Monica Pier, which is really great. We did their Twilight event, which was, um, I think, for a little Canadian company to come in and say we have Santa Monica Pier. Like, that was huge, you know? Um, We work with a helmet company called Thousand. We do everything for them from photo, video. Um, Yeah, I mean, the clientele list is insane. And I love all of them. Yeah. You know, like they, like when, when we get called, we sort of like vet through whether or not we want to work with clientele as well. Mm -hmm. So it's been, it's been really great to be able to, uh, to be in that position too, where we're like, we're not the right brand for you Mm -hmm. to do this. And we understand. Um, But yeah, Chris just brought, we also work with Shopify, which has the platform to have all these Mm -hmm. other companies. So yeah. Powerful ladies is on Shopify. There Mm -hmm. you go. Yeah, we were the we were the ones that did the uh, pop up video for Kylie. She ended up sharing it. We were like, "What happened?" <laughs> no one knows it's us, but we were like, "Sick!" <laughs> and it was like, and you know what? That was we arrived here at the end of August, mm-hmm. and that December that happened, and that was where we were like, "Shit's real here." Yeah. Do you fe- do you feel like there's an element of charm to like how things have happened for you guys, like? Some people, I'll give my personal opinion about about luck later, but like some people say like we're lucky. Some people say things are working out. Um, like how is all of this happening for you guys where it's like right when you need it, things are showing up, do you think? I, I could say it's hard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely hard work. The curiosity gets mm-hmm. us in trouble all the time, but it's there. Um. Honestly, I think it's the experience. Yeah. I think once you work with us, you can't go back to another <laughs> ag- like another yeah. agency. And it's happened where they'll come back and be like, yeah, we just want to work with you guys, though. Yeah. And it's fine. And I'm, I'm not, like, there's no, in our contract, it doesn't say you're exclusive to us or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with some other, like, the bigger agencies, maybe I will stop saying agency, um, but those bigger agencies, they definitely do make you stay there for a couple of months or years, and mm-hmm. we don't do that. There's no obligation there. And I think that makes it good, too. Because we understand we can't get, we can't take everything on for you. We can suggest other teams too. And why would you want people to feel trapped? You want them to be there because they're hyped. Yeah. The whole idea is like, we're coming in as your marketing department's secret weapon. Like, Mm -hmm. we want to be a part of your team. We're helping you succeed. Like, if you succeed, we succeed. Mm -hmm. You know, this this whole success of this brand is like on our shoulders just as much as it's on you. Yeah. (laughs) So I think it's the experience that makes us different. You know, when you look back at what you've achieved and what just you and your business as a whole, yeah, um, what is something that you like are most proud of? Like this is a key defining moment in you getting to become you or getting a big lesson. I don't think I would have discovered who I was if I didn't start this company. Mm -hmm. That I used to always walk around saying, I want to be this like, boss ass bitch you know like just Mm -hmm. taking care of business and I think that this company gave me that confidence proved to me that I am Mm -hmm. and um proved to me how strong I am because it's only through the company that my life got so difficult and complicated and um, and awesome yeah I I handled it like a champ I'm super happy I'm I mean 
we were sitting in Huntington, like I live in Huntington Beach. We were sitting in Huntington Beach that first trip that Chris Ray completely messed up our schedule. And um, I remember sitting and saying to Chris, wouldn't it be nice to live here one day? And now I live in a small, tiny studio apartment, you know, where my kitchen and bedroom and living room are all in one space. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy. And on top of that, like I get to do with the love of my life. Yeah, I get to wake up every morning and go to this office that... You know how I told you when we were in the basement, I was like, I just wish I had this like New York style office. Mm -hmm. I have that in Long Beach now and I love walking in there. It was the first time in our in our company's existence when it came to offices where I got to tell them, knock this wall down, put a door here, paint the walls white. Like I, you know, I never was in a position to be able to do that. Yeah. And it's like thinking about we were, tw I was 21. I was 21? Yeah, I was 21 when we started the company and... I just, I used to always tell, think I'm, I'm weak, I'm not strong enough, I can't handle this. And I'm like, I'm exactly who I'm supposed to be. And it's thanks to this thing I created with Chris on our own, going against what everybody said. Because when we were saying we were going to go to the U.S., it was during the, um, the new elections. Mm -hmm. So it was... Now or never, because you who knows? You might not be allowed in. I might not, yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean... I don't think, yeah, it was, but, you know, all of our friends were like, you want to go and that's happening? Or, um, you know, there's this perspective, like, Americans have about Canadians, Canadians have about Americans, and it's like, no one was looking at it from a, oh, this is a smart business move, but yeah. you guys are crazy, and, um, you know. How dare I, you go and hang out with those hillbillies instead of us? Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's, um, it was hard, but. Everything that Chris and I did when people always fought against it mm -hmm. was the right move for us. Yeah. My personal opinion of Canadians is that I haven't met one I don't like yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Toronto's one of my favorite cities. Yeah, I love Toronto. And you know yeah. what? When we were leaving Canada, I think because of that whole transition being so tough, we approached mm -hmm. it from a really negative perspective. We were also very unhappy because of other things that were going on. Yeah. That now we go back to Canada to vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Because we just, it's it's a beautiful country. People are great. Yes. The food is amazing. The Like all those, you know, cultures and different foods. And it's just, I have so much more love and passion towards that place mm -hmm. now than I've ever had before. And I think sometimes it's good to leave your hometown to yeah. appreciate that. A hundred percent. The first time I went was just before Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I got to go up to my friend's cottage uh, uh, north of Toronto as well. Uh, and I got the full, like, Canadian Christmas experience. Oh, my God. And it was amazing. And I consider Boston home. And so for me to go to a city where we were going into, like, dark bars and we got to hang our coats up by the door and we're, like, mm -hmm. in a booth and we're having yeah. great conversations. And yeah. I like places where people like to talk. Mm -hmm. Like, my biggest complaint about California, Southern California is that you can't just sit around and like have open conversations with people about whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, what? what why is this weird? Like you go in Boston mm -hmm. and you will have everyone at the bar from like the Patriots fan to the tweaker to the guy from Harvard to you name it. Yeah. And we're all having one conversation at the bar. Yeah. And it can get super political, but and people might yell and and debate. Yeah, but like everyone's it's passionate. It's passionate, and then like you buy a round for everybody, you cheers, and you keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, why? Where where did we? What are we doing wrong here that talking about things is bad? I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know, because I think I'm still trying to figure out what California is. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I I mean, you're right. We'll go to New York. We'll have, we'll be at a little small, small like, faux spot and mm-hmm. faux fa. And um, you'll, you know, you're, like, shoulder to shoulder with the person next to you. But yeah. you end up, like, meeting a great friend. Yes. And all of a sudden, you, yeah. Or, like, uh, we just got back from BC. And I feel like we just made the greatest friendship of our lives with two Australians. You know, like, yes. <laughs> like at yeah. the airport. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, here it's, like, nobody will talk to each other. Or if you do, it's... uh they're difficult conversations. But that's yes. what I'm saying. I'm very lucky with um, the friends I have in Huntington because yeah. they've become family and it's a different conversation yes. too. And I need to also yeah, put an asterisk Now we're just there. justifying. No, but like, because I have amazing <laughs> friends too. Yeah. We do have conversations, but yeah. it's, I guess I come from a place where it doesn't need to be friends. It can just really be anyone. And yeah. there's it's talking. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. Talking and conversation. And I have a request. Yes. So what I love about how Canada does television is they're so good at doing these subliminal, like uh, Canada is great uh, commercials and PSAs. Like they don't like I don't even know if Canadians realize it's happening, but it's so obvious. Are you talking about the Newfoundland one? No, no, no. Like I, um, I was in Montreal during the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And great place to be during the Olympics, by the way. It wasn't. It was when they were in the last Winter Olympics. No, I know, but I feel like Montreal is oh. very passionate. Yes. Yeah. It, it, another amazing city. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I'd be in my hotel room working at night and watching the Olympics. And there were so many commercials about like, what makes Canadians Canadian? Mm-hmm. And we're not just nice, we're, and they're showing diversity and people doing things. And yeah. I was like, why does the U.S., the U.S. is so bad at internal PR. Yeah. Like, why aren't we talking about all the good things that are happening or even just telling the U.S. like who we are, like reminding us. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be like eagles and flags, right? It can just be like really mellow and just a reminder like, no, we're good citizens and we help people cross the street mm-hmm. and we start businesses. And so maybe you guys being Canadians here can start sneaking this into. Yeah, who do I talk to? <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe start with NPR or KPCC. I don't know. But I'm like, there has to be a way for us to like heal the current U.S. state by just reminding everyone that we are actually a lot more yeah. alike. Mm-hmm. Like we like kids and barbecues. Like everyone can say yes. Who wants that, right? Yeah. We all vote. You know, we, we ask everybody where they put themselves on the powerful lady scale. Mm-hmm. Zero being average everyday human and 10 being super powerful lady. How do you feel today? How do you feel on average? I'd say a 10. Yeah. Awesome. I got this. Yeah. Yeah. For women who don't feel like they're a 10, what are, what do you, what advice would you give them? I think it's to have, having to get a coach. Um, I think a lot of it has to be from exploring on the inside. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, if you asked me two years ago, I would have said probably a four. If you asked me a couple months ago, I probably would have said maybe six and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the more I'm saying yes to things, the more I'm exploring, the more I'm being out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. the more I meet with people that I haven't, I wouldn't normally meet with and just throw myself in conversations and embarrass myself and be okay with it. Yeah. Um, the more confidence I've started getting, you know? And also, um, I was saying this to Chris 
my coach does a really good job of making me write down the things I'm doing mm-hmm. and breaking it. Because, you know, in my, it's all in here in my head, but it's hard to sort of get Chris on the same page, understanding like, what did we net this year or whatever? Mm-hmm. So once I start writing these numbers down, I'm able to be like, wow, it was a huge part of this. I'm really good at my job because I got us here. Yeah. Or, um, wow, I got a Santa Monica Pier. Like, that's great. And then in my personal life, it's like I'm going to, you know, events where I'm meeting women that I don't normally do. And I'm learning to, at these events, um, my friends started this company where you just go and, like, they do these sort of, um, it, it's a little harder to explain because <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, but you go to these events and you meet these other women and they give you, like, a list of questions and you have mm-hmm. to ask each other, but they're difficult questions. I love this. They'll be like, they'll ask, you know. I have to ask the person what their first impression of me was. Yep. And you don't like being in this position, right? But because of that, it gets you to just like start telling people things right away or yep. not being in your head so much. Um, I also never go into a room now and start judging people. Like I'm not going to be able to talk to that person or that person yeah. gives like gives me the creeps or the f- I'm, they're definitely way too like ambitious for me. Um, now I'm just like, all right. I'm not the smartest person in this room. That person has a story. That person's really interesting. That person's Mm -hmm. shoes are great. We need to have a conversation. Like, it's just like, you know, finding so much more positivity. And just, I think finally, um, loving myself has gotten me to give that that -hmm. confidence. But it took work. I mean, we were, you know, I blamed myself anytime something wouldn't succeed. Mm -hmm. Now, if we don't get a contract, I'm not in a position where... I go, oh, God, what did we do wrong? And this was my fault. I can't sleep for two days. It's more just like they'll call. They'll mm-hmm. eventually call back, mm-hmm. you know? What are you doing to – Is it cocky to say I'm a 10? No, I'm confident. I'm a no. 10. Yeah. <laughs> no. We had a woman say, I'm a 12. And I was, was like, like, yes. Sick. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> yeah, right. Didn't want to push my, <laughs> didn't want to push my confidence. <laughs> Chris is like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you have your own business, and especially when you have a business with your partner, your whole world can be the business. Yeah. What do you do to make sure that you're giving time and energy to other parts of your life? Yeah. So we only became um, very good at this as of recently. Mm -hmm. So I would say we've been practicing for about a year, maybe a little bit more about what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Because when we obviously got to the States, it was like restarting a whole new business again, mm-hmm. different markets and all that. Um, so we started making that Wednesdays is date night. Um, we don't have our phones on us when we're cooking dinner. And we're always both coming up with like new recipes to just try out. So it like really takes your brain and just focuses on that. Yep. Um, talking about what the schedule is going to look like so that What's in my head is now like public, so Chris knows and mm-hmm. knows the expectations. Um, also, practicing like you know um, alone time too is very yeah. beneficial. Doing our own activities, and then Chris has this whole thing where I don't care if you still have work to do. At five o'clock, we leave the office, and we have this neon acrylic sign. And anytime it's on a timer, and it's five o'clock, you start seeing us like put our things away. I like that there's a visual cue. Well, Chris is very visual, so he needs that. Uh, and I could like, if we didn't have that visual cue, I think I would have just been like, oh, it's 5.50. He doesn't notice yet. You know, uh-huh. I'm terrible at that. And I think it's also because Chris and I have been 
so honest and open and vulnerable when we first started dating and then having to um, go through starting a company. Um, the bottom line is it's us over the company mm-hmm. because we both know we're both confident enough in ourselves and in our work that if it gets to a point where the company is taking over our marriage, that we can leave the company and get full-time jobs anywhere. Mm-hmm. So we're not worried about there's not going to be any work if we this yeah. thing falls apart. Yeah, I think I'm just kind of talking now. But more importantly, I think it's just um, we both have a ton of respect to each other, mm-hmm. for each other. And um, I think that's important. Chris is, you know, a huge... Um, a huge, huge push on women and, you know, encouraging them to, like, Chris empowered me to be a powerful lady, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, without Chris, I don't think I would um, explore a lot of what I, a lot of me. Behind every person is a great partner. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I can't imagine ever doing a company by myself or going through life alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who are powerful ladies that have influenced you? I have so many. I love Sarah Blakely from Spanx. Yep, one of my favorites. Yeah, she's she's so she's such a great example of a woman who's gone through so much all the time. Mm-hmm. And she takes it like a champ. She laughs about it all the time. She's I admire women who can laugh at themselves because <laughs> yes. I think it's something that has taken me a really long time to do. But she can eat shit. And talk about it and laugh. She can drop her kid off on like costume day and her kid has no costume. Like, mm-hmm. and she can cry about it and be very open about it. And I wish, I know, I'm, I hope one day I can be like that. Yeah. You know, where I'm just open about screwing up. Mm-hmm. And um, she also worked really hard, but she had a lot of loss in her life as well. But she's turned it around to being so positive. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, and she just like her husband's kind of crazy too, and he and she like encourages it, and and you know mm-hmm. she does that stuff too, and it's great. And then I'm also really impressed with, and I, I follow a lot is Jen Rubio from Away. She's um, I discovered Away quite early on, so I've sort of seen Jen grow to what she is today, mm-hmm. and she actually is marrying a, a Canadian too. Um, yeah. So I think just the way that, um, Away was approached, I I just have a ton of respect for her Mm -hmm. because, um, she's just, her and Steph are just really smart women and what they've done with luggage is incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like Reese Witherspoon's fantastic and she embraces her like silliness and quirkiness. And Mm -hmm. I, um, I think what, what I love about what I always look for in other women is their confidence, ability to laugh at themselves and their smarts. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to always get very uh, nervous to speak to other women. And now I'm just like, we need to have a conversation. We need to yeah. learn. Um, I, I don't know. It's You could be in a room with people and sort of like my friend has this new company and you can be in a room with people and realize that Everyone has or feels the same way as you. And mm-hmm. you're like, I would have never thought because you look so perfect. Yeah. You know? But, yeah. Yeah. We just have to start all talking. So I really appreciate you doing something like this because it gives Thank women you. the opportunity to speak. We should do a roundtable. You want to do a roundtable? Jordan, you in? Yeah. We just talked about having roundtables. I'd love to be a part of a roundtable. Because I love doing panels. Mm-hmm. 
and um, they're so impactful at events when we do them. Yeah. It's like my favorite way to have an event. Yeah. And um, we need to start capturing these conversations because they're so powerful. Yeah. People who want to be like you, how do they start? What do they do? You just start. <laughs> what, what does that look like on the ground? You just, like have to, just you starting. Just, you just have to do it. F- come up with what that business looks like mm-hmm. and then try it on for a little bit. Tell people that you're doing it and do it and practice. And when it gets tough, don't give up. Keep going. I think the first thing is you have to just start. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have these great ideas and they're such geniuses and it's a shame that it never comes to reality. Mm-hmm. You have to remind people of what you're doing and what you're good at. And that doesn't mean that you have to keep posting on social. This is what I'm doing. Da, da, da. Have genuine conversations. Call them. Let them know. Let them know you're doing a podcast and do they know any powerful ladies that mm-hmm. think could be great. You know? Tell everyone. Tell everyone. And be confident about it. Try it on. Tell yourself first, this is what I'm doing. This is who I am. You know, I didn't really start realizing who I am in this company until recently ago. And this is like eight years now in the making, you know, but I finally found my mold. I finally found where I want to be in this business. Mm -hmm. When we begin hiring the full-time employees, what does that look like for me? Mm -hmm. And get a coach. Well, and and just remind everybody, like, you guys didn't know you didn't know everything that you didn't know and you didn't have all the answers. You just knew, like, you know, I'm just making up a number. Like, I know how to do these five things mm-hmm. and we'll just start doing those five things. Like, I think so many people get wrapped up in, I don't know how to make a business plan. I don't have a lawyer. I don't know what this looks like. You're like, what do you want to do? You yeah. want to be a graphic designer? Start designing. Like, just do the thing. Because mm-hmm. all the people make business look so complicated, which is makes me mad which is why I've started my business because I'm like it should be easier yeah the business like the business part yeah isn't the part that you make you get paid for you get paid for the product the thing that you're doing yeah do the thing and then you can hire people like myself or other yeah. people that went to business school to help you do the other parts that anyone mm-hmm. can do and it's also pretty incredible what resources you can get for free yes that we didn't realize until we left canada and we were like we could have done that so we started applying that here and what a difference it made mm-hmm. this has been lovely yeah um, i really enjoyed myself i'm curious uh, what are you up to next what do you want people to know um, well, we are now not just photo and video. We now are releasing our copy content. So we're able to actually, we have a really long list of incredible writers worldwide um, who can write anything from blogs, press releases, to brand books, brand mm-hmm. Bibles, we call them, um, anything really. And um, they, so that's coming out soon. We're actually releasing that on Monday or Tuesday. We're announcing it. Monday. And um, thanks, Chris. And um, we just wrapped a really big uh, campaign for Gymshark. So I'm really excited to see that. And I think that 2020 for us is going to be that really huge transitional year. So you're going to be seeing a a lot more of us. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm just really excited. That's amazing. 2020 is going to be a good year. It is. Yeah. Um, Well, I have to give Chris a huge thank you for connecting us. Yeah. And Chris Ray, because we have so many Chris's in in the world. I have a lot of Chris's in my life. Yes. (laughs) So Chris Ray, thank you for connecting us. Um, I even think Jeff Goforth was like secondary to make sure that we got connected. Um, He's so sweet. Yeah, he's great. Aaron too. Um, 
But thank you. This has been awesome. I'm glad we live down the street so we can hang out. Yes. And um, we will definitely have to have you on again. And I think next time we should interview you and Chris together. Yeah. Round table too, okay? Yes, round table. I'm taking that really seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Here at The Powerful Ladies, we have huge heart-shaped eyeballs for Alex. She's smart and fun and honest, and she's a great example of going for it and just doing it. We love her entrepreneurial spirit, and now she's approaching her whole life that way, with intention, curiosity, and truly looking to be the curator of her own life. I am so excited that Chris Ray connected us, and selfishly, I'm just excited that I get to meet awesome people like this and share them with all of you. To connect, support, and follow Alex and Krillix, you can follow them on Instagram at Krillix, Twitter at Krillix, and their website, Krillix.com. We'll have all the spellings for all of that in the show notes, plus additional ways to connect with Alex as well. If you'd like to support the work that we're doing here at Powerful Ladies, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave a review on any of these platforms. Share the show with all the powerful ladies and gentlemen in your life. Join our Patreon account. Check out the website, thepowerfulladies.com to hear more inspiring stories, get practical tools to be your most powerful, get 15% off your first order in the Powerful Ladies shop, or donate to the Powerful Ladies One Day of Giving campaign. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. For show notes and to get the links to the books, podcasts, and people we talk about, go to thepowerfulladies.com. I'd like to thank our producer, composer, and audio engineer, Jordan Duffy. She's one of the first female audio engineers in the podcasting world, if not the first. And she also happens to be the best. We're very lucky to have her. She's a powerful lady in her own right. In addition to taking over the podcasting world, she's a singer-songwriter working on her next album, and she's one of my sisters. So it's amazing to be creating this with her, and I'm so thankful that she finds time in her crazy busy schedule to make this happen. It's a testament to her belief in what we're creating through Powerful Ladies, and I'm honored that she shares my vision. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.